Hey guys, Carly Johnston here with the Detroit Red Wings and Tigers standing in front of the Ted Lindsay statue at Little Caesars Arena. I wanted to give a quick shout out to my friend Chris Pame. I have been listening to him kill it on his podcast, 30 Minutes Live with CDP. You guys catch it on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube Wednesday and Friday nights. Chris, thanks for the support. I hope to someday be on your podcast. Hello, how are you all doing? Um, thank you for coming on 30 Minutes Live with CDP on this Wednesday, April 14th at 6.30. Um, I'm looking forward to my guest tonight from Rogers TV. Uh, producer, and I will have her on here shortly. Um, like I said, guy. And uh, like I said, just give me one second. We'll get uh, Patty on here. I'm just going to, I'm still a one-man production crew on here, but um, this is Patty here. Uh, she's been with Rogers TV a long time, and she works out of uh, uh, the Brantford of Rogers TV. So just one second, guys, and I'm going to bring uh, Patty on right now. Hey, Chris. Hi, hi Patty. How you doing? Good, thank you. How, How are, are you doing? You? Good? Good. Good. Thank you for coming on tonight. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. I'm I'm glad did you to have be a here. Good, did, did you have a good day today? I had a busy day. It's been it's been a fun day, but all good. How about you? Um, I just came off the midnight shift, so I missed most of the day until about four o'clock. So, uh, that's tough. So, yeah, I'm on yeah I'm on the graveyard shift right now, just because of the shutdown in Ontario. So hopefully it'll only be a couple more weeks, but we'll keep our fingers crossed. For sure. For sure. So, anyways, uh, like I said, Patty, I really appreciate you coming on tonight. And uh, like I said, I'll I'll start with the questions first. Okay. Sure. Okay. Uh, first question is: Can you tell my audience just a little bit about yourself, Patty? Sure. So I've been, I, I'm a producer with Rogers TV in Brantford, Ontario, and I started there in 1993. So I've been there ever since, and I've held a, a couple different roles within in uh, Rogers TV. I started in Master Control, where a lot of, of people start early in their career, and did some closed captioning for a while, traffic services, and the latest role was um, coming back to Brantford to be a producer and that's been since about 2002 so <laughs> quite a while back uh, doing production and in, in Brantford okay can you hear me okay it's delayed yeah it's a little delayed Oops. yeah I guess sometimes, yeah, I do have uh, one of those. I do have um, um, Wi-Fi in my house, but I have one of those uh, pods that actually strengthens the signal. So um, I'm not sure if it's on my end or what's going on. But, uh, yeah, sometimes things happen with technology. Yeah, I know. <laughs> okay. Sorry about that. Okay, just one second. I'm just trying to see if can can you hear me now, Patty? At all? Yeah, I can hear you. You can hear me. Okay, I apologize. Yeah, I can hear you loud and clear. So I don't know if it's on my end or whatever, but uh, like I said, it's yeah. You know, with uh, TV and stuff like that, sometimes uh, things happen, glitches uh, happen that you don't plan on happening. <laughs> oh yeah, and uh, certainly over the past year, we've been doing everything virtually, so. As a matter of fact, two guests today that I had booked had internet issues as well. So everybody's okay, well, experiencing it. Well, cross your fingers. But uh, this has been great because, like I said, it's given me an opportunity to do my podcast for one year, over one year now. So Good for uh, you. Thank you. And uh, like I said, I really appreciate Jordan Gruber giving me an opportunity with Rogers TV. Unfortunately, I was starting to get more comfortable doing the camera work for the Gulf Storm games, but COVID kind of <laughs> put a delay on that. I know. And OHL is such a, a wonderful 
great property for us to have on the channel and we definitely miss it. And I know the crews with our OHL teams are really, really close and, and do tremendous work. So it's been a sad time for all of us in Rogers TV being separated physically from our volunteers. And, you know, we can't do what we do without people like you. So it's been very hard on us to, to not be able to to have that relationship that we have with our volunteers when we work together. Well, at least said, I really like it. And uh, Neil White, I want to give a shout out to Neil White because he's been really patient with me. Um, when these guys took me on last year or a year and a half ago, I was like 47. And these guys treated me like I had gone to school for broadcasting and they made me feel a part of the crew. And it just, it's just, uh, it's been a very good experience with Rogers TV and I hope to, to, to be back soon and, and continue to do more camera work. And I'm hoping one day maybe to have my own talk show on Rogers as well, maybe one day. Hey, you know what? Um, that's the beautiful part about our volunteer program is we, you don't have to have training prior to coming in and, and we work with everyone to, to really give them the experiences that they want, whether that's on air or behind the scenes. So absolutely, that's something that you can work toward. And and uh, it's, it's really great that we have volunteers of all ages coming out and exploring doing TV. It's, a, it's good for a, a start if you're a kid and you want to get an experience and see if this career is for you. But definitely as an adult, uh, lots of people go back to school or just take on a new hobby. So yeah, it, it, age isn't anything when it when you have the passion to learn how to to do TV production. That's true. You're never too um, you're never too old to learn something new. Hey, I've produced shows with women in their seventies, so that wow. it was their first time hosting, and and uh, they did wonderful and and had a great experience doing it. So that's something that we've always prided ourselves on is, is being open and inclusive to people in the community to, to come out and, and learn how to do TV. Well, I have to say, I got to give a shout out to the Guelph Nighthawks because a couple of years ago I was volunteering with them before COVID and the one game uh, they were short a camera operator. So they asked me if I wanted to volunteer and I'm like, um, I'll be glad to help out, but I've never <laughs> done uh, live camera work for a sporting event before, but uh, they, uh, Kirk, the producer, uh, showed me the ropes and gave me some on quick training. <laughs> and uh, apparently, <laughs> apparently after the game, they uh, they were happy with my work and they actually paid me for it. And I oh, said, "What's stuff. this? I didn't expect that." And then they, uh, Kirk, just basically. Uh, uh, also, Steve Fay, who did camera work for the Guelph Nighthawks, was a, a Rogers TV volunteer, and he, uh, I guess, put in a good word with me with uh, Jordan Gruber. And then Jordan called me, and and then uh, I got accepted in as a volunteer and it's been really a wonderful experience so far yeah once you get into our our net we don't let you go <laughs> we'll always find new ways to keep our volunteers busy it's been a tough year um mm -hmm. we, we all got into this because we love community tv so um having to shift to doing a lot of virtual uh production has been has been we've all done it and and especially our our region we have really great staff that have just been so committed to continuing to do as much as we can for the community so i have no doubt that once things are back up and running our volunteers will will be really happy to be back through the door as well yeah because like i said this is uh something it's been ignited in me like i know it's taken a long time but this is something i really want to do i really love doing the podcast and there's still a lot more for me to learn and uh, i really want to learn more with rogers tv in the future as well yeah you learn by doing it's really a great place to practice your craft and it's not uncommon for for people to come and volunteer and be a part of our programming and then go on to do different types of TV work or they just enjoy it and it's something fun. But it, every experience that we provide has something that you can take on with you in life, whether that's learning how to just talk to people in the community or maybe learning more about politics or sports or whatever that might be. So uh, the opportunity it is it gives us a lot of help to be able to do the programming that we do but there's definitely a value to being a volunteer in our program and and I know I I started as a co-op student and volunteer and um, I don't know that I would have went into TV if I hadn't have had the opportunity in Brantford to have a co-op placement and get the experience and you know we all start 
at different levels. And definitely the support that I had as a kid from the staff that were older than me and that mentored me really played a, a big role in my life. So all of us that work here have those sorts of stories, I think. And it's definitely something that we try to to pay forward in, in our work. Well, well, like I said, I really like appreciate you coming on tonight. And, and um, like I said, before I did Rogers, I had no idea how much work there is in a, a TV production, like a, a setup and then a teardown. And then Neil and yourself, I guess, like I said, the producers, you're like the quarterback. You have to know every aspect of the broadcast and you have to be good at it. And it's just, I'm just so impressed with um, it's not an easy job to do being a producer, especially of TV. Well, I would say uh, give a shout out to our, our technical crew, Jeff Ketty, and our mobile mm-hmm. producers, Adam and Neil, and sometimes Robert and David. Uh, that's a whole other level of production that that some of us that work in studio and some ENG don't have to go and do. And they do that every single week, sometimes twice. And it's hard work. It's hard work doing uh, sports. And it takes a lot of a lot of hours in their weekends and their Fridays and they give up their Sundays. And so, you know, for volunteers to, to commit to being a part of that too is, is really exceptional. And, and our OHL coverage is, is really well done. It, it rivals, you know, anything else you see on TV. So I know that's something that, that our, our teams are really proud of, but yeah, those guys, they, they work hard for their money. There's no doubt about that. Definitely, like I said, so um, I'm hoping to get maybe Neil to come on someday or even Jeff, but uh, like I said, I just, uh, I'm try- it's a sports talk podcast I do here, but I'm also trying to spread my uh, wings a little bit and branch out because I just want to just keep gaining experience interviewing people, and this is yeah. something I really love to do. I love sports too, um, but not producing them. <laughs> I've done some sports production, but uh yeah, I'm I'm at that point in my life where I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to haul cameras up flights of stairs and things like that. So I give those guys credit, but they're probably like 20 years younger than me, so <laughs> they have the energy for it. Yeah, like I said, they uh, when I'm there, they just treat me like one of their own. They don't treat me like, hey, this is the old guy. What's this? No. Yeah, so they're really good. So well, first of um, all, 47 isn't old, so. <laughs> Actually, I'll be 49 in June. Oh, wow. I wouldn't have guessed. There you go. It's hard It's hard to believe. Where does the time go? So, but uh, no, like I said, uh, I uh, I really enjoyed doing this. So um, I'm going to get to another question for you, Patty. Sure. Uh, like I said, my next one is, when did you know... Uh, when, when did you know you wanted to pursue a career in broadcast media TV? Was it early in life or was it a little bit later in life? It was really early. Um, I think I was in grade four or grade five when I always loved TV as a kid. Like I I was a TV watcher and um, I, I wanted to work on TV. I didn't quite know what that would look like. At first, I thought maybe more on air, but then as I got into it, I, I shifted my focus into more technical and editorial because I found that that was where my greatest strengths were. But over the years, I've had to do on air as well. But yeah, I I knew very early and I made sure that that I took the path in high school to be able to uh, learn media production. But back then it was like two VHS recorders and you hit pause and play. Like we didn't have computerized editing or anything like that. But um, I got a co-op at Rogers and then I just never left. I just kept trying to find... Uh, ways to learn new things and yeah I'm I'm 28 years in and I I can't imagine doing anything else but that's changed Uh, tv isn't just tv anymore we're doing social media we're doing website things it's uh more multimedia as opposed to just tv so it's definitely evolved over the years but it's all fun and and you learn as you go right Yes, definitely. And like I said, I have to continue to keep learning every day because there's something new every day on live streaming that I uh, need to put in for my podcast and like that. I just learned how to do video sharing on here. So when I have a guest like from Mm -hmm. sports or uh, entertainment that come on here, I can show a two or three minute video clip of their work for my uh, audience, which is kind of cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Any more that you can add to to showcase people's work or 
or Spark is really great in, in the storytelling part of it too. And um, I use StreamYard and this is great because I can promote my guests and um, I got your website on here, rogerstv.com. If anybody wants to look at uh, applying as a volunteer, just go on that website and the forums right there. Everything's all digital nowadays too. Yeah. Not even if they just want to volunteer, but if they have an idea or something that they want us to cover in the community, go to our website and click your city that you're in and you can fill out an appearance request. We also accept uh, program proposals there. So if someone has a, an idea for a show, they can do that online as well. And then uh, Jordan follows up with all of them and he handles all, all that part of it. And then, um, then it comes to the producers to sort of uh, execute the idea that they've come up with. Uh, one question I wanted to ask you, I didn't put down. Um, right now with what's going on with COVID, are you guys doing a lot of your productions through live streaming or are you still have people coming through the to the studio to do the shows? No. So uh, last year, right around the end of February, early March, we were noticing that we were starting to get cases in Canada. And we made a decision to close our studio doors because we didn't want to be part of the problem in the spread. So we we had actually, if people were traveling to hot spots, we asked them not to come to our studio for 14 days. So if somebody had traveled to California or um, China or anywhere that, that they had cases, and uh, we just said, please don't enter our studio until you've uh, had that 14 day period. And then as cases started to creep up and you know, around March break, when they said that schools wouldn't be going back, we made the decision to close the doors. Um, and then all of us shifted into, well, you know, at that point in time, there was such a need for information. And certainly in Brantford, we have the Brantford Expositor and we have Evanov Radio, but that's really, and Brant.one, sorry, is uh, internet news. But other than that, we're not covered. So it was really important for us to be able to still maintain being on air and maintain storytelling and, and tell people what was closed, what was open and everything was so new. So we started doing stuff through Zoom and we record it. I edit it and then we, we do it that way because um, we don't want people coming to the studio and we don't want um, any risk to our volunteers or to our staff or community. And I think that's a really important example for all of us um, in corporations where if we can work from home or have minimal people in the office to stop the spread, it's really, truly the most responsible thing to do. So, uh, and most of our operations, certainly uh, Sportsnet and City, they're, they're doing some more in studio, but it's very minimal. We try to make sure that people who can work from home work from home. I was going to say, I think it's going to be like this for at least, uh, I think at least until November. I, it's I, hard I, to say, right? I mean, yeah. um, it really just depends on how quickly and, and how many people take the vaccine. They have to, you know, we have to get to that point where enough people take it. But also, you know, right now the virus is a bit out of control. And so it's hard to see past, That's you know, true. what's the summer going to look like. Right. But I keep hoping that uh, September we can go back to studio and resume and, and have that that normalcy again, because I refuse to say that this is a new normal. I think it was a temporary uh, period in our lives that none of us will forget. But um, I'm, I'm confident that we'll get there by the fall because hopefully, I mean, last year the cases dropped off in the summer because of the weather, but I know compliance is, is down compared to where it was last year. So, you know, at this point in time, it's really hard to predict, right? Well, yeah, like I said, we'll just cross the fairs. I guess basically take one one, one day, day at a time. time. One day at a time approach. So um I'm fortunate I'm still working right now. So um I just yeah, I do hope things get better and stuff like that. And like I said, I don't think our government actually it shouldn't just be our government. I don't think uh the world's governments were prepared for this. Oh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> and my that's think, my opinion. You know, this is something uh, uh, many companies have pandemic plans. Many cities have pandemic plans. And, you know, the city of Brantford had a pandemic plan. They had something that, that their city staff had worked on, that their council had approved, that was co consistently looked at. So when COVID hit Brant, 
they were okay. Our city was able to like, okay, how how is this going to kick in? How's that going to kick in? But I think because it evolves so quickly, the different approaches will be something that they'll look at years from now and say, you know, Australia and New Zealand went for COVID zero and people were accusing them of being draconian, but they didn't have the extent of closures that we've had in, in, in some of the other countries, right? So was that the right approach, COVID zero, or was these rolling lockdowns, which aren't really lockdowns, or more shutdowns? Like it, it, there will be a lot of history books written on this, and um, I agree with you. I think that going forward, every every government is going to have to have a plan in place because nobody wants to be caught like this again, and and without proper PPE, without. Um, the ability to to make vaccines in Canada, like a lot of people wouldn't have known that that was something that was cut by a previous government. And then the government of the day never added it back in because it would have been such an expense that people don't want it. They don't want to justify spending that for maybe it might happen. Right. But yeah, it's a lesson learned on, on that front for sure. Well, we also need to make our own vaccines. Apparently we're going to have something in place by 2027. I've been reading up on. Yeah, there's different, I know there are some flu shots already made here, but um, yeah, I agree. And uh, Canada should not be surprised right now that we're so behind in the vaccine front because certainly countries are going to take care of their own country before they take care of us, right? So mm-hmm. um, we're definitely at a disadvantage having not uh, being able to make our own. And like I said, I think... <laughs> This will be studied for many, many years and, and the reaction and all the the carnage, so to speak, of, of every decision that was made. Definitely. And I, I do read your tweets every day on Twitter and a lot of them I agree with. You post really some really uh, good, insightful, educated uh, tweets there. And I really just wanted to give you a shout out on, on Twitter. Yeah, I try to follow... Um, what I share, what I comment on is based on, on factual instead of, you know, uh, people's opinions so much. I mean, I do have an opinion, of course, but mm-hmm. uh, most of what I'm talking about are reflections of things that I see right in my own community. So um, we're having record number of cases in Brant right now. It's scary. Our hospital's in the worst position it's ever been in during the pandemic. And there's still that voice of people that don't believe it's something to worry about. And to me, it's like, why aren't more people that are in leadership roles, whether it's within their church, within groups, why aren't more people speaking out and saying, we need to rally together and get this under control and take care of each other. No more arguing, just wear your mask, stay within your bubble and let's get back to life. Because until everybody complies, it's just, it's going to continue it's just yeah and it's and and oh man there's so many things that you know I'm not pro lockdown I'm not pro take everything away but I'm pro I'm pro keeping as many people alive as possible and I think that people forget that you know each day somewhere between 15 and 25 on average, people are dying. And if a car or a bus crashed today and 20 people died, everybody would be on Twitter, thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers. But it's almost like we've forgotten about all of these losses. And it's like, well, there was only 10 deaths, but that's 10 people, that's 10 families impacted. So for me, that's the part that's been hard is people not validating the deaths and 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 minimizing it to percentages. It's just, I, I don't get it. I guess we've all been desensitized. Just I think with, so. Just with all the, the going-ons in the States and across the world, we're like, it's unfortunately now we don't get shocked anymore. It's like, it's just become a part of our, and I agree with you totally, Patty. I just to me, the word I'm looking for is desensitized. Yeah, I think there's a bit of that and also maybe a bit of denial because, you know, some of us maybe didn't believe it and our behavior didn't align with what we were supposed to do. And so that would mean admitting that maybe we didn't handle it the best as a person. So Mm -hmm. I think there's a bit of that happening too. So 
Okay, um, I'm just got a couple more questions for you, Patty. Are you okay for time for a few yeah, more yeah, minutes? Sure. Okay, I always like to ask my guests because every guest is different. Some like to talk for half an hour or an hour or 15 minutes. So I just try to work yeah, around my works. guest schedule. Sure. Okay, thanks. Um, next question I had for you. Did you have a mentor when you first started out in the industry? Sure. Um, before I started in the industry, I had a, a teacher that I took an enrichment program when I was in, I think about grade seven or grade eight, I, I don't recall now, but there was a teacher and his name is Mr. Don Haggy. And he was teaching a week long enrichment where they take kids from schools and you get to do video production. And I was super shy back then. And he noticed that I was really into it. And he said, hey, kiddo, when you come to, to PJ, make sure you take my, my video production English media class. And so I did, I took it and I had him as the teacher. And again, he just really encouraged me. And then he was the one that directed me to apply for a co-op at Rogers and referenced me. And then once I got the co-op, he, he remained a really important part of my life in encouraging me to continue on. And he would always know come back into Rogers even after he retired and visit and I'm so proud of you and it's great it was a teacher that saw something in me and then um, of course the staff at Rogers in Brantford at the time there was five people working there and all of them really helped in in helping me develop my skills and so I've had lots of different mentors along the way but he was definitely uh, the most important one in terms of inspiring me and giving me the courage to actually put myself out there to to be in this industry, which can be uh, very tough to to break into. And, and we're talking early 90s, right? So I was a, a girl in production, which was not common. There weren't a lot of women directors. There were not a lot of women producers. There were a lot of women on air. And so most of what I did was behind the scenes. So it was even different for me in that capacity as, as a young girl getting into that field. But um, yeah. I was going to say Patty and um, uh, the first few months I did this podcast, I didn't really get any guests on, but I kept working and kept working. And the last four or five months I've been getting two to three guests a week. And uh, everyone that I've met on here on my podcast They've treated me like one of their own and they've been really great. And I've made some new contacts and even some friends out of this too. That's great. And that's really what this industry is very, um, I think it takes a different personality to get into this field. I really do. And I don't mean that in like we're, we're odd. Maybe some of us are a bit quirky, but there's definitely a commonality in many of us. And I think that probably for you, maybe it took you to this age to find that connection within that community of people. And I know for myself, you know, when I was doing TV in, in grade 10, 11, it was not cool to do community TV. Like the, there were people that teased me for, for being um, doing Roger's stuff and I didn't care. I was like, I, I'm, I love what I'm doing. It's fun. And now I'll run into them and they'll say, oh, wow, you're still at Rogers. That's so cool. But I was like, dude, you made fun of me. <laughs> but my point is that, yeah, there's definitely a certain people, a personality that we have within in media. And I think that we all want to help each other do better. Definitely. Like I said, uh, and uh, like I said, I Yes, like I said, everybody has been really great in this industry, and uh, and some of them they even let me uh, email them and just ask for advice. And like I said, I just want to keep learning from everybody. Just you know, that's a great attitude, and and learning how to develop your skills based on people's feedback is a big thing, right? And I still do that. There's still people that I go to to bounce things off of, and hey, what do you think about this? Here's what I'm thinking, and people do that with me, and you know, it, it really helps you see the full picture when you have different opinions of, of what you're trying to, to tackle. And so keep doing that. That's how you, that's how you get better and practice, 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 practice. Nobody woke up and was great at TV or radio or I yep. guess podcasting now. 
Yeah, so I know there's a million podcasts out there, but I've learned how to produce my own shows. That's pretty which great. I, which I do ahead of time. I've learned how to promote myself on social media. Uh, and uh, StreamYard's been great too. So, uh, And I've had some people help me out with my podcast. So I'm just trying to make my podcast as unique as, as possible and as best as I can. Okay, so who do you think is going to be in the running for the Cup this year then? For the Stanley Cup? Yeah. Everyone's saying the Leafs, but they're playing the the Canadian North Division. I still think it's going to be Tampa Bay or Washington. Tampa Bay, Washington, and Vegas. Those are my three teams. Those are your three teams. Yeah. Are you a Leafs fan though? No, I'm a Detroit Red Wings fan, but uh, we're in a we're in a rebuild right now, so <laughs> we're I'm probably going to be. A, I'm a Habs fan. So Montreal uh, Habs. Hey, yeah. one of my favorite players is on the Habs, Nick Suzuki. Yeah, he's so, great. He's been oh, a great such- addition. Uh, my favorite, well, everybody loves Carey Price, but I'm a huge Brendan Gallagher fan. He's like, I feel like he's in some way my spirit animal. <laughs> he comes out and he he gives it his all every day and he's yappy and he makes people mad because he's constantly chirping. But uh, yeah, it's been a disappointment. Habs play inconsistently. So I'll turn it on and then they'll start losing and then I'm like, I can't do it. <laughs> I turn it. Well, just as long as they get into the playoffs, anything can happen. You just need a hot goalie and a little bit of luck. That's uh, true. I, I just think the Leafs, I think other than Montreal, a lot of maybe Winnipeg's not bad, Montreal, but the other Canadian teams are kind of in a rebuild right now. So we'll see what happens with the Leafs and the Habs in the in the playoffs because that's when the real season starts. Yeah, I think it'll be good because they always give each other a good run. Uh, I got a fun story to share you. Uh, the last time the Storm won the OHL championship, <laughs> well, they're still the champs two years later. Uh, this is before I started volunteering with Rogers. After they beat Ottawa for the championship, they let the families on the ice, and then all of a sudden the fans, like me, actually got on the ice. So I actually got to celebrate with the team on the ice after they won, and I, I got my picture taken with the whole team pretty well. Awesome. That's exciting. Yeah. I remember when they went, they went deep and, and uh, the Rangers, it was a tough time for Rogers because the Rangers went pretty far in that as well. And we had, we had lots of uh, work for that, but hopefully next year you get a season back. Definitely. I'm uh, for the OHL. My opinion is they're probably going to wait until August. I think what they, this is what I would do if I was a commissioner, get all the coaches and players and that vaccinated once or twice and then maybe by the middle of august they can start up and then maybe have a a season in september hopefully but it's just going to depend on the numbers like you said before yeah and and right now it's up in the air but definitely we miss our ohl definitely so i just got a couple more questions for you i think this one you already answered but i'm going to ask you anyways okay i guess how long were you have you been with rogers tv and what was your first role with rogers again yeah, so I started in 93 uh, as a co-op, and then my first uh, paid position was in Master Control. So that was where I, I started playing back shows. And then um, then I, I was doing producing, but as a volunteer, and I was doing reporting and shooting. And then I did closed captioning for a few years. We had a closed captioning contract. And then I went in and I did traffic services, which is scheduling. And um, I was still doing a lot of directing and things back then as well for daytime, a show that we used to have called daytime. And then uh, I was doing production pretty regularly and an opportunity came to go come back to Brantford. And so I came back to Brantford in 2002. Okay. So, yeah, 19 years producing just full time, but you know, another almost 10 years doing other things. Well, and that's one thing I've learned too. Uh, the more you can learn with Rogers TV, the better. Just it's, it's, it's good to know a little bit of everything. For sure. And, and that's certainly something that over the years as I've had co-op students or interns come in is I'll say to them, make sure, especially uh, people that wanted to do on air, I would say, make sure you learn how to shoot, make sure you learn how to edit, make sure you understand that because gone are the days of sending a reporter, a shooter, and then taking it back to an editor. There, you have to be able to, to be able to do that yourself at times. And I think that, you know, the more versatile and multi or multi-skilled you are, the better chance you have at, at, 
at being employed and, and moving on and, and continually developing your skills and making sure that that you're not just stagnant, that you're learning new technology, that you're learning new ways of shooting, new ways of, of storytelling, because that's all evolved over time. You know, you look at the way stories were done, you know, 20 years ago compared to, to today, it's, it's quite different. So um, you have to watch TV too. You can't just do TV, but not watch TV. That's something that uh, is very important. And then, you know, you learn from watching others and, and their approach. Definitely. Um, like I said, there's some things with the camera operators I need to work on the over and under wrapping cable. I'm I need not good to work at that. <laughs> I, I, 29 years, I, I still can't wrap a cable properly. So that's something I need to work on. And um, uh, setting up the cameras, they still need a little bit of work. There's still stuff I need to sure. work on and try to get better at. But uh, so I'm not the only one with the over, over and under with the wrapping the cable. I'm terrible. Wow. I thought I was bad. Wow. No. So they make fun okay. of me. It was an ongoing joke there for a while. The guys in Kitchener would make fun of me because they're like, how long oh. have you been here? You still can't wrap a cable. Well, I, I probably want to actually, I should start practicing that way. When oh. I do come back, I'll be able to show Neil and some of the guys, Hey, look, I can do this now. You can practice with your extension cord. <laughs> actually, you're right. You're right. You're right. Totally. Totally. Okay. Uh, next question for you, Patty, because I, I don't want to keep you too long because mm -hmm. like I said, um, I have to go into work and I'm sure you've had a long day. So, yeah. um, okay. Favorite personality you've worked with over the years and favorite story you've done and favorite person you've interviewed. It's kind of a three-part question here. Hmm. I don't want to say I have a favorite because that would be very unfair to all of the volunteers that I love so much. Okay. okay. Let me, I'll tell you, there's one, my Brant Life host, Dave Carroll here in Brantford. Dave and I have been doing TV together uh, on and off since we were both 18 years old at Rogers. So um, he hosts Brant Life, which is our, our weekly talk show that covers uh, events. But Dave's also a trained broadcaster. And um, whenever there's something major that happens in the community, when we had that flooding, when COVID hit, Dave's the guy that I always call and say, hey, you want to do a special? And he never says no. He always, he always uh, shows up to do that. So definitely Dave Carroll, we have a great friendship and, and um, he's a really good friend. He, you know, certainly during this time when I get worked up over COVID or, or stressed, I, I have a, a show with him and I, he chats with me after and I always feel better. So I, I value that friendship. Um, favorite stories tough. Cause I've done so many, but I have a favorite memory and it involves Ron McLean. And um, he came to Brantford for hometown hockey. And I was so, <laughs> I was so excited. Uh, they asked me to do some shooting for it with Sportsnet, and they took us in and, had us look at their mobile trailer that they use and we got a chance to to meet him and he was just so sincere and genuine and exactly like I expected him to be. So I would say that was like a super exciting moment for me. And another time Stephen Harper came through Brantford and he did a campaign stop at Harvey's and he was flipping burgers. And I honestly don't know why they, they chose to do that. But um, if you remember, Tom Clark used to host W5. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I was a huge Tom Clark W5 fan and I was shooting and I went to back up and one of my volunteers said, Oh, watch yourself. Cause I was in a scrum and Tom Clark was standing behind me because he was part of the media bus that traveled around with Harper. And I totally fangirled. I was like, am I in your way? <laughs> he said, shoot your story. And then after he, he stopped and talked to us and I said, I'm a really big fan of W5 and, I love your work. And he was just so kind and, and um, you know, said what you do in community TV matters. Don't ever think like it isn't important, the, the type of stories that you tell. So that I didn't interview him, but I got to meet him. And I think that that was a really exciting uh, story for me. And, and, you know, as I'm a news geek, right? So <laughs> meeting somebody who's so great of a storyteller was really an awesome opportunity and I've met leaders like Trudeau and um, Jack Layton I interviewed I think he's probably one of my favorite people I interviewed uh, just before he became the leader 
Uh, he he had a campaign stop in Brantford and gave us like an hour to interview him. And he was just such a lovely man. So, yeah. Okay. Um, the next question, I only got two more questions for you. Okay. I'm kind of one of these curious peoples, but uh, can you just tell my audience just a little bit about a, a just a normal day at Rogers TV as a producer? Yeah, so I wouldn't say there's ever a normal day. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it depends. Um, certainly, I when things are normal, I usually have two or three studio shows a week. And when things are not normal, <laughs> I'm doing Zoom and editing. So I, I book guests. So my days are varied. Some days I'm doing um, booking, like contacting people, uh, responding to emails. Other times I'm editing. So I wouldn't say there's a normal day. And when we're in regular production, I'm also out in the field. I'm a field producer as well. So sometimes I might be, you know, I've produced cooking and baking shows. I might be on location for, you know, three or four days doing that. So I think that's one of the things I've always loved about being a producer is that it's not the same every day. And I get to to do things um, and have new experiences all the time and meet new people. So I know I have my regular stuff, but then the other programs that are shorter run series um, are different and different topics and things like that. So there's no normal day. <laughs> I was going to say that you pretty well answered my next question. Um, what I guess what you really enjoy about the profession most is about, I guess, being around people, just talking to people, getting to know people. Yeah. You know, I think... Um, like yourself being curious, I've always asked a lot of questions. I've always been intrigued by people and what makes people tick. But now it's more, um, I really love my community where I live. And, uh, you know, I grew up here, I haven't left. And I think that, you know, Brantford has really changed over the years. And I like being a part of the know and being able to help um, provide support to organizations and share stories and and definitely try to make the community better. I see our role in the community, a lot of us, because we're, we're the person that people know locally in media, they will message us. And certainly during COVID, I get a lot of, I get a lot of private messages from people that are scared and worried and they don't know who to turn to to ask for information on whether it's COVID or rights or um, their kids have a case in their class and they haven't been contacted by the health unit and they don't know what to do. And and so we're sort of like a, a, a go-between for people to connect to, to resources. And I, I usually know who you can talk to. And so, you know, I appreciate being able to help people that way, which has nothing to do with my job. I, it's just that people know, I know who who's who's who. And uh, that's one of the things that I value the most is being able to to help people. So yeah, I think that we're lucky that that we're, we're, we're small in our community and we're approachable. And I think that that's always been something that Rogers TV and Brantford, our studio is a fun place. It's a great environment to come in. And when guests come in, they, they, they stick around and they have a coffee and people chat. And it's just such a a relaxed and fun environment. So I, I would say that's absolutely being in my community. And I'm five minutes from home working in my career. So there's there's so much that I'm grateful for, for being able to do that. Yeah, at least you don't have to travel on the 401 every all. day. Because that's no. part of, that's a lot of my stress uh, some yeah, days. Yeah, I can only imagine. I couldn't do it. I would, I would, I would snap. I would probably swear a lot. <laughs> I've done that a few times. So I'm just glad I don't have to go into Toronto. I find <sighs> going in, going into Milton is stressful oh. enough. So yeah. there is one perk about being on the graveyard shift right now. And that's uh, less traffic on the roads For at sure. nighttime. So yeah. definitely. Okay. I just got one more question. It's sure. more, uh, to one last question and and uh, uh, any advice for anyone who's watching this tonight or later on who, who are wanting to pursue a career in broadcast, media, TV, radio, producer, etc. I would say just try it all, everything, um, as much as you can get your hands on. And don't be afraid. I mean, if I had the technology in the 90s that, that kids and, and, and people have today, today, I can't even imagine what I would have done. I mean, I was being creative just with sequencing, mm -hmm. like shoot it so that it, it sequences together. And I still shoot like that, but 
just the, the ability to use social media to have like you got this good quality camera in your phone. And I think oh, a TikTok, I mean, the stuff I would have tormented my dad. I tormented my dad anyway. We come from a family of three girls. But if we had had TikTok, I mean, there's so much you can build your you can build yourself to be an influencer or have a great following and then start repping brands just off your cell phone. If and, and mm-hmm. I would say, don't be afraid to try. Try new things and ask questions like you're doing. Approach people that are already in the business and say, How did you do it? Because we all want to see people succeed and nobody minds saying, well, do this, do that. Um, but sure. I think be open to different experiences. Don't pigeonhole yourself to be, I only want to be a camera person or I only want to be on air. I think that the more experiences you can learn and find out what really you're passionate about and focus on what you're really passionate about, like 80% on what you really want to do and the other 20% you need to learn because it'll be important. But if you want to be an on-air person, you need to understand how stories are shot and you need to understand how, how the final product looks. So I think that the more skills that you develop, the, the better chance you have at actually um, getting a job. And the other part is remember that if you share information or you share a story or you share content, that it's verified factual because you don't want to, and you don't want to have your social media feed clogged up with really bad things. So I think that anything that I tweet or I Facebook, if my boss looked at it, I I would feel confident that I could say, you know, he's not going to be mad at me tomorrow. So I think that with social media, with those tools, also comes risk, and people have to be responsible and and very careful. You know, if you want to get a job as a reporter, they're going to check your feed. They're going to check your pictures. They're going to check. It's just people are screened in so many different ways now. So make sure mm-hmm. that whatever whatever digital footprint you have is one that's consistent with what you want to do, for sure. Po- positive, a positive one. Positive, authentic, um, and and you know, responsible, because it's very important um, that that you're viewed as 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 being credible. And I think um, if, you were sh- if you're sharing QAnon conspiracy theories, you know, you may not get a job with CBC, right? So mm-hmm. maybe Rebel Media or Fox News, but um, yeah, you have to, you really have to think. And that's the part, you know, I have a 13 year old and a 15 year old and they have Instagram, but they don't really post. And I've always said to them, anything you put out there, you can get, it can come back on you. You can delete it, but somebody could have screenshotted it. And, you know, that's a conversation in our house every single day where I'm like, don't do this. Be careful of that because they, they have that, you know, you do stupid things when you're a kid. I mean, I did stupid things when I was a teenager, but it didn't show up on social media. Right. So there's a responsibility to making sure that you're careful in, in, in what you post. Definitely. And uh, like I said, uh, good advice, Patty. And I just want to say thank you so much for uh, coming on with 30 Minutes Live with CDP tonight. And maybe again in the in the summertime or in the fall, maybe you'll be able sure. to come back on again and we can talk about some uh, positive news happening instead of sure. the cold. Doom and and gloom. <laughs> you summed it up, doom and gloom and that. So yeah. for me, this podcast is a great escape. It's keeping me busy, keeping me uh, focused on something I really enjoy doing because there's so much doom and gloom out there right now. But hopefully by hopefully in the next few months, we'll cross our fingers, things get better. Yeah, and thank you so much. And keep up the good work because as you do it, you'll get better and better. And as long as you're having fun, that's what it's all about, right? Keep having fun. Uh, I I really enjoy it. I get fired up for doing this because it's to me it's like I can't do sports anymore but this is something I really enjoy doing so I really appreciate it Patty and sure. and uh, I'm going to work on trying to get Neil White on here at some point I think he'd be great he would be a great guest he has a great story you got to get a him. lot and same with Jeff and Adam yeah. there's a lot of people I'd like to try to get on here and talk you about should get them quick. on in a group that would be hilarious with StreamYard, I can up I can have up to ten guests on. There here. you go. You should get the mobile guys. Get them. They'll give you a good show. Okay, definitely. So I'm going to let you go, Patty, because yeah. you probably had a long day, and uh, I have to get ready for work too. So great. Thank Thanks you so much. so much, Patty. Take have care. We'll talk night. to you soon. You too. Good night. Bye.
Hi. Anyways, a, uh, I just want to say thank you again to uh, Patty Bernardi uh, out of uh, Rogers TV in Brantford, who she's a producer, uh, for coming on uh, 30 Minutes Live with CDP tonight. I hope everyone watching this uh, podcast uh, live or later has enjoyed my interview with Patty. And uh, like I said, guys, uh, I have an, oh, I'll get to promote one thing tonight too before I go too. I uh, just want to do a promotion for this business. Uh, CDP's Guelph Business of the Week uh, is Subway on 995 Paisley Road in Guelph, Unit 17. It's near uh, Zayers on Imperial and Paisley. Uh, you can call them at 519-821-4343. They have great customer service at this location on Paisley Road, and it's the official sandwich provider of CDP. So if you guys are looking for a great wrap or a sandwich, go to Subway on 995 Paisley Road in Guelph. They have excellent food, excellent sandwiches, and most importantly, ex uh, excellent customer service. So just a little plug out to uh, Subway. Anyways, guys, uh, like I said, I uh, really appreciate everybody coming on here tonight. Uh, I do have another guest coming on tomorrow night. And I will just give me one second and I will get this person on here. And my next guest is tomorrow night. Uh, I have a Thursday night special. Uh, my guest will be Howard Simon, uh, co-host of the Howard and Jeremy show on WGR 550 AM in Buffalo, New York. Uh, Howard and Jeremy show is on Monday to Friday from 6 AM to 10 AM on 550. So I'm going to talk to Howard about his long career in television and radio. And uh, Howard Simon is a huge New York Mets fan. So um, the show tomorrow night is at 6.30 with Howard, and we're going to talk a little bit of Buffalo Bills football with him, some Sabres hockey, and uh, his career in radio and TV as well, and uh, his love of the New York Mets, a uh, huge New York Mets fan. So, But, uh, yeah, guys, I'm looking forward to this show. And uh, like I said, uh, just want to say thank you, everyone, again, uh, Patty Bernardi for coming on from Rogers TV uh, and everyone who watches this uh, podcast live or tomorrow or the next day or whatever. That's the great thing about social media. Uh, thank you so much. And uh, like I said, guys, I look forward to tomorrow night, uh, Thursday night, 630 with Howard Simon from WGR 550. And then Saturday night at seven o'clock, uh, Missy Hyatt, fingers crossed. Uh, uh, First Lady of Professional Wrestling uh, will be on Saturday night at 7 o'clock, hopefully. So, And, uh, guys, um, if you got any questions or comments or feedback, please send me a message on here as well. Anyways, guys, I'm going to call it a night. Thank you for watching 30 Minutes Live with CDP, and we'll talk to you um, tomorrow night, 6.30, with Howard Simon. <laughs>